This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother, no spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Hello, Caitlin. Hi, Kate. It's so nice to see your face. It's so good to see your face, too, after several weeks away. Unplanned. Unplanned. The damn COVID got us. Yeah, it got you first, and then it got me. <laughs> we got that really sexy post-COVID voice Thank going. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I sound worse than I am. I have – I don't really have a lot of congestion, so I don't know why I still sound like this. Wild. Maybe things are just, like, inflamed. I don't really know. So if cold voice bothers you guys, this is what I sound like this week. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but Caitlin likes it, so that's all I care about. I like it. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be eating any snacks, so, you know, if you could make it through me eating, you could definitely make it through this, like, super sexy. Thanks, dude. Um, All right. Let me put this down just a little bit. There we go. Uh, All right. So we're back. We're for episode two of season six. Slow start for us, Mm -hmm. but we're hoping to um, pick up up the pace, pick up some slack uh, this summer now that Caitlin's work is finally – Winding down, praise the Lord. Um, The only big thing that came up while we were both gone is this Neil Patrick Harris, Amy Winehouse drama, which Caitlin knew nothing about, Mm -mm. still knows nothing about. Mm -mm. So um, I don't remember who it was. I follow them on Twitter. Um, Some some person on Twitter uh, sort of brought back this memory that she had of Neil Patrick Harris doing this extremely distasteful Halloween party. You know how he loves Halloween, right? And um, I don't think it was long after. It might have been the same year it happened, but um, he did a cake and it was an Amy Winehouse cake and it was like her dead corpse. Yeah, and you can, Caitlin. I want you to go to the article that I linked. Okay, that I, that's surprising. I know, but I mean, it was <clears throat> it was how well, many years ago? I mean, people true, were just but- a lot less sensitive about celebrities with um, issues. But yeah, it was like a, a life just size. The first, just the first sentence. Neil Patrick Harris apologized for once serving a meat platter. Designed to look like Amy oh my Winehouse's God, it was a meat decaying platter. corpse after a photo of the spread resurfaced online. I thought it was a cake, so thank you for correcting me. It was in 2011. The dis- All right, I'm going to click on the disturbing link or disturbing image. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. Gonna- it was like worse than I thought and very specific. Right. And the- it was like – Going through photo after photo of Amy – which is, I'm like, oh, this is going to make it even worse when I get there. BuzzFeed will do that to you. They want that. They want that scroll, kid. Just okay. waiting for Caitlin's response. I have to click to reveal. I finally, like, I was just, like, scrolled way, way Oh, my down. Lord. Oh, wait. I just, all right. Hold on. It's, <gasps> so, it's like, so much worse that it's a meat plate. I mean, it's bad anyway. Isn't that so bad? Yeah. And it, it feels it feels like specific to like how she actually died. It's just really, yeah. really, really bad. And it just shows you so obviously he he apologized. This was like the only him yim news that really came out while we were while we were gone. Detailing um, what it was made out of, the note continued because says if there's any Kate any doubt on who it represented, a handwritten description that had been placed beside the food read, the corpse of Amy Winehouse. And then oh detailing what it was made out of, the note continues in parentheses. Beef ribs, pulled pork, oh. and chicken sausage in a spicy barbecue sauce. Oh my god! Yeah, it's real bad. He he apologized. It just shows you how far we've come as a as a society. I think when when it comes to specifically like famous women with issues and how we treat them, like look at what we did to Britney Spears. Oh. Like that woman is irreversible damage. 
And so, and there's just like a lack of, there's just like a lack of, there was a lack of empathy. And I think that that came from anonymity, like without the internet, because 2011, like the internet wasn't like popping off. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as easy for stuff like that to get out to the masses, right? Yeah. And, And have that outrage of people who, you know, have family members who have addiction issues. And so like, it was just easier to be in a bubble of your horrible choices and mm-hmm. uh, white gay men are really good at that with peace and love, just being really horrifically offensive. So I shout out. Happy Pride. Like, the, yeah, happy Pride. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get this image out of my mind, though. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And then like <clears throat> beef ribs. Sick. And pulled pork and chicken sausage. Like, right. It's and it's just uh, all like funny. What year did Amy, Amy Winehouse die? This was in 2011. I don't know when she died. Because I don't think it was that that long after. And I, re- I mean, I remember those oh, first come Halloweens. Oh, on. It was – well, it's also like – I re- this one always sticks out in my mind when um, – what's his name? The Crocodile Hunter died and everyone was Steve – Steve Irwin. Yeah, Steve Irwin yeah. yeah, she died in July. This was of in, that year? In- mm-hmm. That's so bad. I mean, I don't know what – there's nothing that would have made it better, but yeah, that was pretty wild to see. Um, I'm glad. Obviously, he apologized. I mean, I – It's like barely three months. Barely I don't know. I don't months. know how – I don't know how we were all so insensitive at that point. What, 10 years ago? But people probably thought it was funny back then. A lot of people. And everybody was Amy Winehouse that Halloween. So it's like – yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But yeah, so he apologized. She was so fucking That's great. Young. I know. And so talented. And I know. I actually just... heard she came up in my one of my Spotify playlists hmm. the other day. Yeah, I haven't heard any of her music in a long time, but R.I.P. Amy Winehouse. Good job to Neil Patrick Harris for apologizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. White cis white gay men continue to to amaze. Speaking of, if you haven't watched Fire Island yet, it's so good. Is it's it? A, it's a it's a Pride and Prejudice, uh, like say no more, revamp or whatever, reboot, reboot, I guess. And I think it's very lightly that, but people really, really like it. That like Pride and Prejudice. It's you know a bunch of gay guys set on Fire Island, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the main characters are two Asian gay men who have a <sighs> very different experience in the very privileged Fire Island culture. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice to see the white gay guys being the villains for once because that is that is true what life. happens a lot of the time. So, uh, but it was very funny. <laughs> Highly recommend for Pride. Happy Pride, Caitlin, and everybody out there. Happy Pride, queers. Yes, happy, um, thank you. But yeah, so that's that's it for the top of the show. We'll see how long my voice lasts. Let's let's get right into it. Um, stay tuned at the end for eleven. Legendary moments from listeners like you. And now let's get into cleaning house. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon pals, especially our Almighty Five members, Adam, Tish, and Johnny. Our Patreon family has 70 members and counting, and our sliding scale means no matter what you can afford, you enjoy all of the perks we offer. That means early access to every episode private live streams with us, exclusive recaps of How I Met Your Father, season two is coming out later, and more. Uh, Join for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. And we have no ads, so let's get right into it. All right, so this is season six, episode two, Cleaning House. It first aired on September 27th, 2010. Just about a year before Neil Patrick Harris did that horrible fucking mm. Halloween party. Our director is Pamela Fryman, and our writer is Stephen Lloyd. And I will say, this is a very strongly written episode. I mean, the whole thing is just dialogue, you know? Yeah. There are, like, so many good good lines throughout this episode, and I – I realize I don't watch this episode very much. I didn't. I don't know it like the back of my hand like most episodes. Yeah. It also feels like a quick <clears throat> episode too when I think about it. Yeah, yeah. But so so much happens. Mm-hmm. But it is it is just like a lot of a lot of conversation. So mm-hmm. shout out to Stephen Lloyd for making it happen. 
Yeah. And we'll see him again um, in Exploding Meatball Sub. And we got to see him actually twice last season. Do you remember which episodes he wrote, Kate? Uh, Did he do Zoo or False? And? Another one I hate? Yeah. What other episode do I not like? Give me a hint. Give me a one word hint. Dudesville, baby doll. Oh, the wedding bride. This is, I would say this is redemption. This is redemption for Stephen Lloyd. So I have to, I'll have to go back and see what other episodes he did write because honestly, he's written, I I know we've talked about other ones. We're like, oh my God, but he wrote this. How can we, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that I think something was going on in season five. I don't know what it was. Yeah, because he wrote. (laughs) He wrote brunch, brunch, spoiler right. alert, which is the, a spoiler alert, the goat intervention, right time, right place. Yeah, he's a he's, he's a solid. He's a solid uh, writing star on this show. So we will forgive season five. This is a great. But it's hard this to forget because it was cleanser. two episodes, but we just for, in a great season. In a great Wait, season, yeah. You know, we'll let stinkers. it go. We'll let it go. Everyone has. Everyone has. Yeah. You know, goes through some shit. Yeah. So, okay, the, much, much like a Carter and Craig episode, this is hard to break down by scene. Yes. So we'll just, we'll just feel the flow. We'll just feel the fantasy yeah. and we'll see what happens. Um, but we do have a cold open and it's Barney who's trying to tell this gross story about some girl he met and they're all at the bar, but he can't get through it because he's too busy thinking about the fact that his mom, mm-hmm. Loretta, is selling <sighs> his childhood home. And he wants to get all the gang to come to Staten Island that weekend to help pack up a house. Now, that is a Murtaugh list item for sure. For sure. I remember when you had moved at one point, and I'll forever use this line. You said, I'm an adult with a savings account. Yes, I'm getting movers. Yeah. Yeah. Hundo pay. Pizza? No thanks. I'll buy my own pizza. I don't need to move any of your shit. Pizza and beer, I can afford that. Like, yeah, I don't need you no. to buy me pizza and beer anymore. No. But yeah, so, and I mean, I guess it's because it's like his very special stuff, right? Like from yeah. childhood. But oh, Lizzie just got home. Hi. She stole the dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he can't, he wants to get them out there. And they're like, yeah, right. Like, your tricks might work on the bimbos that you go out with, but they're not going to work on us. <laughs> And I just love this. He's so confident. I know. And he just clears his throat and all of a sudden smash like, cut to you know, bubble wrap in Staten Island. It's amazing. And um, like, and how I, do you do that? Some story. I mean, we've we've seen him rally the troops before. Yeah. And this was this was amazing. Um, I have to say, Lily's hair looks amazing. Robin's hair looks amazing. I well, love. They both look so good this episode. Lily, I would say, is definitely rocking a bisexual bob. Mm. So I would say this is the first of choice. (laughs) And who was surprised? Um, So I would say that this is a bisexual. Our first of season six during Pride Month. We love to see it. So um, yeah, so then they're in they're in Staten Island. Packing up all sorts of shit. Packing up all sorts of shit. And we get to see James, who, of course, is going to stop by as he's packing up his childhood home. And it's always yeah. so good to see Wayne Brady. He's just got so much energy. And he just, like, <sighs> comes in and just there's such a good flow, I feel like, with yeah. everybody else. This is a great This is a great James episode. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, don't forget he's a dad. He has a son, Eli, which means, of course, Barney's an uncle who, as you, you know, we're – we are also like aunties and like the best aunties, of course. So we got to start our little ones yeah. off on the right feet. And, and Barney right. does the same with Eli and gets him this like little Dolce & Gabbana suit, which is just like the cutest. Mm-hmm. Um, and upstairs we have Robin and Ted packing up what we can assume is Barney's childhood yeah. um, bedroom. And they're just kind of like willy-nilly taking knickknacks off like – I'm hopeful that Barney like did a scan of the room first. Like, what are you going to do with this stuff? Like all these little, (laughs) I don't know. But, um, you know, there's a lot of jokes to be made, but it's kind of like game night. We get to Mm. see like how Barney's made, you know, we get to see kind of like where he got these, this talent for some outlandish stories and just like this really (laughs) 
inflated um, sense of self. Like, yep, yep. I was just gonna say <laughs> the same. Uh, exactly. Um, so it's kind of neat to get that little like insight into into Barney's childhood. But Robin has you know come out of her funk after Dawn and all of that. Mm-hmm. It appears, and now she's trying to play matchmaker for Ted. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a super hot makeup girl named Liz, and. <laughs> She is trying to set him up with Ted and she starts to like really talk him up saying, you know, he knows a body better than, you know, you know, a woman knows her her own. He's an incredible lover. Endless waves of pleasure. She's like cresting and breaking, blah, blah, blah. Orgasm so intense. You black out. I I love. He's so good. I just love her in this episode we're hitting we're hitting peak robin like and it it will just continue to peak like it's gonna be all rise like a barney mix like season season (sighs) five starts it and then it's just this is like robin robin central so i love her here Mm -hmm. i love her hair too just yeah it's so good um and ted kind of freaks out a bit. He's like, listen, you got to undersell. Like you just broke the first rule. And this is also my personal philosophy is like you Mm. have super low expectations. You're never disappointed. You are only pleasantly surprised, which is the only way to be in my opinion. Yeah. Um, But she's just like really kind of like set this bar very, very high for Ted Mm -hmm, to kind of live mm -hmm. up to. Right. Where do you fall? Do you – like, are you honest about stuff? Like, have you ma- tried to do a matchmaker? Yeah, matchmaker I used thing? to. I used to try to do it a lot, but I've gotten burned a lot. Um, yeah, so I've stopped. Like, I don't know. I, I I try to stay out of it now, but if I do, back in the day when I would try, I tried to be pretty mellow about it. Mm. Um, of course, I was like over the top at first, but then once people either break up and it's weird or whatever, like you just kind of. Start saying like, hey, you guys have these things in common. Maybe yes. you should hang out, you know? So, so but I don't I don't matchmake. Yeah. I, I don't try to matchmake anymore. Jeanette's, I'm out of I'm out of the game. Jeanette sort of like matchmade Chris and I because Yeah. So she um worked with him and he had <clears> asked me out on a date and I was like, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I'm not going with you. But I knew yeah. Jeanette knew him. And so I asked her about him and I had, so I wrote, it's like, here's our story. I made him this book, like our first year of dating. Of oh course, my God. Right? I did that too. We're so gay. Uh, Jesus. But okay. I have the screenshots from the Facebook Caitlin, messages. we the same fucking person. <laughs> I have screenshots in mine and Liz's from our fucking OkCupid okay chats. Of course. Oh but this is God. where like Jeanette sells him. Oh, that's and, cute. How did she do? Was she an oversell? Okay, so I said, like, I don't Huge know dip. him. Well, I mean. <laughs> Horse cock. So she says, okay, I'm not going to lie. Chris Turner is awesome. I'm not just saying that because he's my newfound best buddy. I'm saying this because he's that cool. He's not a dick. He's not a slime ball. He totally knows how to treat a woman. He's really, really funny, trustworthy, his laugh is infectious, and he's great to spark conversation with. He's like that real nice guy, not fake, and he has like real morals and goals and ethics. He's a great friend. The thing I like best about Chris, he's not judgmental. He's totally chill and laid back. I'm telling you right now, you will have a blast with him. He's really smart too, and that's hot in my book. He's got a fantastic job as a computer programmer in mass. He's from Pennsylvania. He lived from Maryland, and well, I'll let him tell you about himself. He's just really <laughs> cool. Good. I'm totally psyched that we became buddies, and you could bring him anywhere or do anything with him, and he'll have fun. He's not like superhuman or something, and I don't want to paint this crazy, unrealistic picture. Over- and maybe yeah, you see yeah. him differently than I do, but he's not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> not bad at all. Not bad at all. She reeled. So- it. She tried to reel it back in at the end, but she knew. I mean. She knew that this was your your OTP, as the children say. Uh, so that's very sweet. That's very yeah. sweet. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't matchmake anymore. I can tell you about it off air, but just oh, doesn't. Right. It just doesn't work out. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um. So let me get my notes back. Okay. So <clears throat> everyone else comes up to Barney's room just as they're finding this like little basketball jersey. And then we get even more insight, like I said, into his inflated sense of self, like his 
you know, his mom told him he was so awesome at basketball. He had to quit. <laughs> and it, we, it turns out even James helped lie for him because he's his older brother. Um, and that it also happened with his birthday party. And I have to, I have to say something that might be polarizing. I fucking hate this actor for little Barney. <laughs> Why? I don't like him. I don't know. I mean, they, I'm not a fan either, but you know what? It's 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 later episodes that really that really just like turned me off to him. Um maybe he's been in like a commercial where he was like a little shit or something, but like he just gives little shit vibes. Um <laughs> and kind of like Tyler no likey child actor vibes and I'm just like I I don't know. It's they had another kid that played him, but obviously that was like years ago, right? So they had to find someone new. So this is like the little kid Barney for a long time, like specifically to that age range that we see a lot. Mm-hmm. And I I just can't do it. I don't like him. He's, at yeah, all. he's not like. I would rather have what the fuck was his name? Little boys, the one the kid from Little Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a blackmailed Marshall. Was that the one who blackmailed Marshall? Yeah, was it the same kid? I don't remember. Doesn't matter, but yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't like him. I just wanted to say it, so I don't have to say it again. But I probably will. (laughs) Um, I gotta look up who he is now. I think I really do think it was because I saw him on like a car commercial or something, and he was just like such a little asshole. I just can't. I just can't do it. So sorry, sorry to this man because he's probably a man now. Anyway, <laughs> what if he's a fan? What if he's in the HB fam? <laughs> he's just heartbroken. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. He was going to become a patron. This was his episode to sign <laughs> on when he heard us rave about him. The sad thing is, we could probably get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> god. Just burning bridges out here. Just burning bridges. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so made the bur- bridges we burn light the way, right? Isn't that's that the right. Quote? That's right. <laughs> we are the we are the granddaughters of the witches. You could not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So we see more of of uh, Loretta like making things up for Barney. Uh, I love the postmaster general calling Janie Masterson's mom a whore. So good. Well, gin on her breath at <clears throat> 10 in the morning. She has some nerve kicking us out of the carpool. Nerve. <laughs> uh, and then we get an <gasps> updated cut of the Bob Barker scene, which originally we saw in season two, and it was just like a random person uh, playing playing Loretta. And also it was a different mm-hmm. child, Barney, one who I liked better. Um, <laughs> and so we get to see that. She lied about James's dad, too. <laughs> he heard, he heard Ooh, Bill he's Cosby. Still acting, by the way. <clears throat> and a bunch of other things. Oh, God. How old is he now? I need to see a picture. Can you can you sh- share he's, a picture? Uh, he's twenty, actually. Um, his name is Riley, of course. Don't snitch tag Stewart. people. And he Riley is no voice, He's the voice of Captain Jake from Jake and the Neverland Pirates, which is a popular show on Disney. Oh, well, good for him. It's fine. I'm sure he's cool now. It, he, he, whatever. It's fine. I don't want to dwell on it's it. Fine. I just do not Ugh. like him as little kid he was Barney. In this, he was in this movie, The Beaver, with Mel Gibson. There's a picture of him where he's on Mel Gibson's hip. And I just want to smack them both. Ew. Yeah, that's gross. That's gross. Um, okay, so. Anyway. But James has outgrown most of the lies. He's a couple years older, and he also saw Loretta making up all this stuff. So he probably assumed she was doing the same for him. Uh, Barney still hasn't. So then the gang gets into this conversation about uh, lying to your kids and like when it's okay and when it's not, which is a huge conversation. Uh, And of course it comes to the biggest lie of Santa. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an argument that Liz and I have, but surprisingly I am on the Minnesota side. I think Santa's cool. I so I'm not – yeah, I don't agree with Lily at all. Like, I've never had, like – I mean – well, I mean, like, let's face it. My mom lied to me about everything, so I always <laughs> knew everything was – I never – um, We were raised by boomers. We got lied to yeah. about everything. Yeah. About everything. Um, mm-hmm. And so 
I never thought of it like that. I didn't. I would, it would for me. My mom it loves Christmas too. It was always just about the yeah. magic of Christmas. It was never about a lie. It was just like the spirit of Christmas, the magic of like believing in something that seems not real, but yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I wonder. Told- I wonder if us being raised Catholic has to do with us being like it's not a <gasps> it's not a real lie. You know, <laughs> I wonder if that's what it is. Spirit of Christmas, right? Like. You just Liz, blew my mind. Maybe that's what it is. Why we're just like okay with it, but me, I don't know. I, I, the, the nice thing is there really isn't a right answer. But Liz got into a, like a bunch of TikTok stuff, which Caitlin and I have talked about because the floor beds, right? I, we've talked about the floor beds. I don't know if we talked about it on here, but uh-uh. we had like a blowout because she wants to do like Montessori. Floor oh yeah, you know we did. We, yeah, we, we talked about this. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, okay. Yes. So another another TikTok hole she got into was this. Was this parent who was like, I give my child, I gave my child the option of if they wanted to pretend Santa was real. And I'm like, I think that's dumb. <laughs> I think that's dumb. Um, the best Santa thing I ever heard. <clears throat> this one, this one I work with. Santa brings everybody one gift, and it's the gift you hope for the most. I like that. Like, yes, yes, yes. And and. and, and um, yeah. And so, and Santa doesn't wrap that one gift. And that was like, she goes, yeah. She's like, why should this pretend person get all the credit? Like, I'm Absolutely. the one busting my ass. Busting yeah. My I don't hump. think it has to be like this big, insane thing. Like, of course, thanks to the internet and social media, there's like elf on a shelf and like all this crazy stuff you have Fuck to do to like make the, the, make the illusion of Santa. Like, oh, there's snow on the, on the ground inside. Like, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff, but I mean, why not have a little bit of magic as a kid, right? So, but right. Liz is like, but it's a huge lie and kids feel so betrayed. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Because I felt like the world was ending when my mom told me that it wasn't, that Santa wasn't real. So, but again, I don't feel like the the argument I made from that was kids are going to be devastated by things in life and why not learn how to handle being devastated by something that doesn't really it's matter. it doesn't change anything really yeah you're still gonna get a shit ton of gifts or not right, or not you know right. what I mean? like let's face it even if you were a shithead you were santa wasn't bringing you coal and right these, like poor, these these children who don't come from families who have a lot they're excellent great kids and they don't get a ton of shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um, so so for me, it was like, I feel like that's almost, it's almost like a controlled detonation of disappointment and kids need to learn how to deal with that stuff. I think if we're, if you protect kids too much, then their first trauma is when they're like 15 and, and they, they don't know how to deal with it. Right. So Speaking from experience, I am, I am pro controlled detonation also, of, of Santa. I tell Jack all the time that lying is one of the best parts of being a parent. Like I used to tell him um, two fries stuck together are lucky. And he goes, that's not lucky. I was like, what's luckier than two fries? Mm. Nothing. Like uh, it's meant like it's going to be your every good day. And he wouldn't eat um, pizza bubble. Like if there's a bubble mm-hmm, in the slice, mm-hmm. this was like one of the longest running ones. And I was like, <sighs> no, baby, you need to part. eat them. I was like, they have vitamins in them. Right. So then he was at my, my parents' house and he gave Papa the one with the vitamins. He goes, No, Papa, you have this one with Aww. the bubble because it's got the vitamins. And my dad looked at him and then Jack like did one of those like, I, my, my life is a lie. lie. <laughs> like he was more upset about pizza vitamin bubbles than and anything Santa. else. He was like, Mama, do you know how many people I told that to? I look foolish. I look foolish, Mama. Just trying ugly, to give my poor ugly, grandpa, ugly. trying to give my poor grandpa some vitamins. Kind of shady too. I love it. Yeah. But, but anyway. yeah, so they start talking about that. Lily thinks that she doesn't want to lie to the kids. Marshall, you know, wants the magic of Christmas and I'm team Marshall here. Um, and I love, I love this moment between Marshall and Ted where they're talking oh. about <laughs> some lies are good. Like, you know, how we always tell Ted, he's going to find the woman of his dreams and settle down and be happy forever. And he's like, you'll meet her, buddy. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> and then Marshall I, gives him this hug and, like, and Ted's face. It's like his reaction. Like to me, it felt like it was like ad libbed or something. Like it was just like it just I don't know something about the in- not necessarily ad lib, but it was just like a 
genuinely silly interaction. And it was like so self-referential because like we're in season six now and he still hasn't met her. And, you know, it was kind of like gallows humor in a way. And it was it's it's a it's a top moment of the season for me. I just I just love that little that little moment. Yeah. So yeah. Um Oh, and then the last thing from this bit was the lutefisk and milk. Oh yeah. It's like Santa doesn't need yeah. a, a sugar crash. Santa needs protein. It's just what he needs at three AM while battling a snowstorm in the Rockies. <laughs> a sugar crash. Oh, I love like so practical. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, Santa didn't ever really get cookies too much in our household because Santa has right. ADHD and would forget about the cookies. Oh, and Jack oh, didn't really oh, seem Jack to mind too little. much, but one year he was little and he woke up and wouldn't even didn't even want to go look at the presents because he was so upset he didn't leave cookies out for Santa. Oh, I was, was like, it's okay. like, dude, Santa just like took some from the cabinet. Yeah. No, we had to leave them out for Santa. We didn't oh. leave them out. How could I do this? You know how he is <laughs> looking at his hands. His like little he baby just killed hands. Santa. Yeah. Oh, Jack. So, he was such a sweet little drama queen. I know. I love it so much. Um, I will say this was like, I was very concerned why Lily and Marshall were bringing out what appeared to be empty boxes that weren't sealed. They were just like open with the flaps folded in. Have you ever moved anything before? Yeah, they're not great. They're not doing a great job at this fake move no. for sure. But you have to pay for it, I guess. So yeah, sorry, that's Loretta. right. That's right. But I think like one so yeah, but anyway, so amid all the packing, James and Barney find this picture addressed to Sam Gibbs. Mm-hmm. And uh Barney asks, so, you know, who's that? Like, oh, there's this picture of like of us in here, huh? And they flip it over yeah. and it says your son. No, it Caitlin, like, it says Yorson, North Dakota. Oh, Yorson. <laughs> oh, wait, is that the town in North Dakota? Where they vacation watching, but don't remember doing it? <laughs> watching Loretta just like spin that lie like that. I know it's a show and it's scripted, but like you, I, I believed it to be a real thing. Like that's what their childhood was like. So the way fast. Lightning quick. Bar- like, I mean, oh, you see, no. she, she is Barney's mom and Barney is her son. Apple Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I love like <laughs> how she's just like, as, when uh, James asks her who Sam's Gibbs is, she like squeals and she's like, oh, doesn't sound familiar. And she's like, keeps bringing it back to the Sloppy Joes. You recommend the coleslaw top because it's really delicious. <laughs> I got to say shout out to Sloppy Joes because I love that they get some love in this episode because literally anytime I see someone eating a Sloppy Joe on TV, that's what I want for dinner. I, I love a sloppy, have a sloppy Joe. Joe ever until maybe until like a Hello Fresh Ancho Sloppy Joe. I have had that Sloppy Joe from Hello Fresh, and it's so good. Yeah, so I don't know what like I I remember this boy I did in high school. He used to eat Manwich. Yeah, that's the same thing. Is that like a sauce or is it like meat in a sauce? I don't know. I never it's... knew if his mom put in with meat or just like it was meat in it too. Uh, I I hope that I think the meat is separate and you pour the sauce on top. I think it's a cook the ground beef situation. Okay. And then you do a jar of manwich. I think, I hope that's how, that's how we did it in my house, but I don't know if it was a manwich situation. It's, it's just ground beef and like a sweet tomato sauce on bun. Oh, so good. Liz hates them. So I can really only eat them when I'm by myself. They are very messy. Love them sloppy. Sloppy Joe's. <laughs> Lady, you're scaring us. Oh, Adam Sandler. Um, upstairs, Robin and Ted are still, you know, packing up stuff. Uh, they have no idea what's going on down below with Sam Gibbs or even the Sloppy Joe's for that matter. But uh, Robin's trying to right her wrongs with Liz. <laughs> And she's so then she's going to respond back and just and just tell him that her bleh, that she hopes it didn't sound like she's trying to oversell Ted that he's really a genuinely nice guy, and like it's just this really great email, mm-hmm. it's perfect. And but she then she just keeps going like, will he rock your world? No, but he's clean <laughs> and it's not. Just, I love when she says, but he's clean. I lose it every single time. Like and he takes the, notes. I love that. Um, but he's not anything weird. He's not bad. 
Not, not bad, bad at all. all. <laughs> so good. Oh. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, James and Barney are arguing now because they're grownups. You know, mm-hmm. James is a father himself. And at some point, like, Barney needs to just kind of, like, wake up and realize all these lies that Loretta has been telling him over the years. And just, like, he really needs to, like, grow up because Bob Barker definitely isn't his dad. But Sam Gibbs could be. And he can't yeah. stop. He can't keep believing in these lies. But we, but and, we've, uh, we've seen Barney stop believing the Bob Barker thing in Showdown in season two when he's face-to-face with Bob Barker, right? Like, he specifically didn't say on live TV that, you know, I'm your son. Because he knew, but it seems like since then he's he's kind of just papered over that and has comforted himself with the lie again. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's sad. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but, you know, James realizes that there is an address on that envelope and it's not too far, so they decide – he decides he's going to go and confront him. Takes the Which, U-Haul I mean, like, on the fucking ferry. Right? Right? And also, um, how do you know he even still lives there? You're going to drive all the way out there? Even know. Right. We Suspension of disbelief in this I know. I get so wrapped case. up in this. Like, I'm too literal. <laughs> this is why my friends at work, they're just like, you. I have, I have a touch of the tism. <laughs> and I don't mean that with any sort of shade at all. Like it was just right. Yeah. Um, my brain. So I just and we get to see we get to see Marshall and Lily eating sloppy joes in the U-Haul as they should. Took one for the road, and everybody's in the U-Haul because Ted and Robin done. are in the back. What's done is done. Which reminds me of the Broad City episode mm. with um, yeah, where they have to go to a wedding and they miss the train and then they get and they're in like a rent a U-Haul van or whatever. For the catering, right? Was it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, 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 catering? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're in the back of the U-Haul and then Robin is now just like making a joke about the whole Liz thing and she's like, "What if we just like give her two crazy extremes and like let them balance each other out?" And so she writes this whole insane email uh to Liz and apparently everybody else because <laughs> she like. I guess she CC'd the whole group because it was just so funny about like how great he is and then how horrible and scary he is. Um, like that he's like violent, really but also extremely violent, really rich, s- lacks bladder control, really rich, no money, no, no bladder control. Um, but then they hit a bump and accidentally set, she accidentally sends the email. Um, this is such like a, this is such like a flimsy storyline here. Like obviously the big stuff is happening between Barney and, and James and stuff. So it's like, uh, we know that Liz isn't going to be anybody, but it's it fills in the gaps a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they get to Sam Gibbs' house, and it's just like all the feels start to come right about here for me. Um, I will say that the, the Barney storyline like has like a, a soft spot, and James too, because my, my dad's dad left when he was little, like really little. Mm. Um. So just like no matter – I think no matter what age that happens at or, or what age you realize you're missing a parent, like it sticks with you. Like I remember mm-hmm. my mom saying that even when my dad was an adult and when we were really little, he tried to get his dad to like meet us a couple times and his dad would be like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it would just like would fall through. And my mom was like, he was like 11 years old again. Like he was just like a little mm-hmm. kid and was just like so crushed, right? So like seeing all this, I'm just like, oh my God, James. Like f- getting to like meet his father and his father being so happy to see him was Which, just so like, sweet. Because <clears throat> that's not a guarantee at all. At all. Especially yeah. – being a grown man like what is the what like to what end like is this like what what does this serve you know like why are you here what do you like is it just looking for connection do you want something from me yeah do you want money are you mad um and then for for james they don't explore this at all which whatever but james is also gay and so like on top of on top of just being like will this man accept me as his son there's will this man be okay with who I am 
and who my family is, right? Because he's like, I have a son, but he doesn't say like, I also have a husband. Like there's, there's like, they just kind of gloss over that. And I know it's because there's, Mm -hmm. it's not James's story, right? But it's still, whatever. So before the door opens though, Barney admits that he knows that Bob Barker isn't his father. And he's just like terrified of this moment because- Mm -hmm. It's it's Schrodinger's dad, right? Like it's 50-50 chance at this point that it could be either of their fathers, right? Yeah. And it'll be pretty <laughs> clear whose whose dad it is. Right. So he's like, time to grow up. The door opens and it's Ben Vereen. Motherfucking Zubilee Zoo, bitch. Zubilee Zoo. I mean, obviously. Anyone older than us that's listening is like, oh my God, I can't believe like you guys know him from that. I mean, he's just like super, super, super famous, incredible singer, actor. Wow. He's done all the things. He's an amazing performer, it, but we know him I, as the mayor from Zoo. Yes. And he, of <clears> course, <throat> he had also played an estranged father in um, Fresh Prince. He's Fresh- Will's deadbeat dad. Oh my god, that's right. He was he was fucking Will Smith's dad. And that's kind of so sad that he's that like. I forgot mm. that until I'm looking through the IMDb. Ugh. Like I know I know that scene. It's in burned in my mind, right? Well, because it's this, like, oh, it's he was more, on Fresh Prince, and I was like, oh fuck. It's more the scene between Will and Uncle Phil, right? Like, how come he don't want me, man? Oh, oh, fucking god. See, that's more like my dad's dad, and like, oh, true, god. true, true, true. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Here's some little fun facts about Ben Vereen. Not that Yay. we really need any because he's super famous, like you said. But um, these are just things about him, sort of. Um, yeah. So while he was a – this is all on IMDb. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But when he was yeah. applying for his passport when he was 21 – I try to find dad-related things, right? He learned that he was adopted and that his birth name was Benjamin Augustus Middleton. And oh. after many decades of searching, he finally found his mom. She was already dead, but he did meet his blood family, including an older sister who lived in New Haven, Connecticut. Whoa. And wow. So he probably accessed that to do this role, you know? Yeah. Um, <sighs> also, so he has um, a couple of kids. I think he has like four kids. And one mm-hmm. of them, I thought I read two of them have passed. Oh, God. One was more recently. Um, his, his son from his first wife was, was named, went by Benji, was also Benjamin, was 55. He died two years ago. Um, is Ben, is Ben Vereen still alive? Yeah. Ben Vereen's still okay, alive. Yeah. Okay. But his son passed, um, and <clears throat> he was so missing from home for several weeks. Oh man. Sad. That's really But here's sad. like a happy, happy thing-ish. Um, he's friends with <clears throat> Jeff Goldblum, who love and brian stokes mitchell whole house walker himself also fresh prince the connections the connections yeah because ben vereen did did broadway right like that was his his main thing and then you know went into tv and stuff yeah oh all right so so ben vereen perfect dad for wayne brady too like They've got like a similar vibe. They both have the beautiful voices. Yes. So freaking sweet. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, I immediately started crying as soon as you see who he is. And and then of course, like I think what my legendary moment is going to be for the episode is, is the way that Barney just like cuts into all these like very overwhelmingly like sweet moments when he's just like, mm-hmm. Papa! <laughs> And like you know, brushes over him. to him, yeah. Guys, I'm black. Ah, <laughs> oh, Barney, sweet little boy in denial. This explains why I was so good at basketball. <laughs> so bad. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, so apparently, though, what is interesting is that Sam Gibbs knew about James. Mm-hmm. Um, he was only about two when he knew he ex- – when he found out about him. Um, but Loretta – I Loretta made it very clear that she wanted to raise him on his own, and he respected that, which, like, I under I, – like, I mean, like, at that – but, you know, like, he didn't even know, and it was two years. Then she goes back to tell him, and, and yeah. I can understand. 
like it, it hurts my heart to think about that. Like he just like stayed away, but like also like that he respected her to listen to what she wanted and yeah. what was best. And like, you know, and they'd only known each other a couple months. So, I mean, he probably yeah, knew exactly. like we're not going to be together. And so what, I'm going to just like drift in and out of this kid's life and disappointing him right. all the time. And it's easier just probably do it on your own, you know? Yeah. And that is, um, that is very much my, my grandma. Like she, like my dad's dad didn't want to know us, but his siblings did apparently. Mm. And my grandma just fucking closed up shop. She was like, fuck all of you people. And so we never got to meet that side of the family at all. Um, so yeah, it's, my grandma was very much, very much Loretta. And so I totally get it. I totally get it. Not the most healthy thing, but again, the greatest generation, they were not operating on a level of emotional intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) They were just, uh, just, just biting the bullet, stiff upper lip. Oh, yep. Stuff it all down until your heart explodes. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, so I love Ted's comment about he's like, wait a minute. If Loretta only knew they only knew each other for a couple months and Barney and James are two years apart, there's no way he could be (laughs) Barney's dad. (sighs) Um, so yeah, so then we got like some. He's also quite the detective. (laughs) Texting Liz. (laughs) Yeah. The Mosby boys on the case. Yep. Um <laughs> Robin's so funny. So good. You know, Barney then, you know, it, with his new realization, he starts making some jokes about not being able to handle a cab, whatever. But what's really cool is that Sam and James have a lot in common. We you know, get to see this like scene of them like, you know, Ben sitting at the piano. Oh, ben, like we're friends and I know him in real life. Sam sitting ben, at the yeah. piano playing. And uh, playing Stand By Me. And he's like, come on, like, you know this one. And I just so like. So sweet. Ben Vereen is just like. Ugh. And I I imagine because because Wayne is such a musical person. I imagine Ben, ben Vereen must be one of his heroes, right? Like, so he, I mean, he, you can kind of see it in Wayne Brady, like how how happy he is just to be doing this with Ben Vereen. And that's reading as like being happy that it's, you know, you're meeting yeah. your dad. So it was just, it was a great moment. It was a great moment. Yeah. That's such a good, yeah. It's so, you yeah. Know? It really feels real, like a real genuine connection between the two of them. And yeah. then they sit together at the piano and they just start to sing. And it's so sweet. Barney makes it very difficult for me to watch that scene. <laughs> but I love how Lily just, Shepherds back like a little boy. Yep. <laughs> um, the best part of that fun. is so Barney makes it hard to watch, but then if you watch Robin behind him, they like left Kobe Smulders in the frame, and every time he comes out and does stuff, she's like, <laughs> and she's like trying not to laugh. Oh, it's it's some of the best background stuff in the show. It's so so good. She's like just in the frame then. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it because she's like, and she's like she's looking so off good. camera at everybody else. She's yeah, she does great, great work there. Um, um go ahead. let's see. Uh, another great little moment is when Ted and Robin are out front in the Adirondack chairs, and they're like, "Weird day, weird day, <laughs> weird day." <laughs> I love that. Um, and we find out that Robin has also been overselling Liz. Blah blah blah. Who cares? She looks like Robert De Niro. Um. And then we're back on Staten Island and Loretta and Barney are sitting down to have a chat. And um, she says that she tried so hard to be all that they needed so they wouldn't even think about their dad, which is like, it's, it's just a silly way to now we know, right? Like that's never going to be true. Now we all know like how kids work and that's just, you're just looking for hurt feelings if you're trying to do that. Um, Yeah. And, but still shout out to single parents who do it. I mean, I know you did it for a while and it's just, it's so tough because you are trying to be everything and you never will be. And then I, like, I remember when, when Jack was younger, like there were times when you weren't the fun parent of the two, right? Because you were the, you know, mean mama. Right. Exactly. So it's like, 
you just had to believe that when you got older, he would understand, right? And But that's a yeah. long game to play. That's a long game to play. And Loretta, Loretta didn't really play that game. She was just trying to be the the cheerleader 24-7 and... It made me so sad, though, to watch those, like, clips when Barney, like, thinks back on his childhood, even though it's, like, terrible little Barney, just, like, watching her see her son's heartbreak and trying to fix it and make it better for I him. know. Like, That's okay. Go play in the backyard. Just I know. Days. The backyard one just fucking killed me. Because that probably was enough for Barney. He was like, yeah, that sounds even better. You know? And that's just like so, so, so sweet. She was she was doing the best with what she had and what she knew. And Yeah. Oh, God love her. God love her. Bless. Um, and then she's ready to give Barney the name and maybe the location of his father. She's got it on that little piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And... After Barney does these flashbacks of her, like we talked about, he realizes he has a father and his name is Loretta. And um, there's just a very like the way that Bob Saget delivers this is just like so sweet to me when he was like, Barney grew up without a dad. I could cry right now because it's just like so matter of fact. Mm-hmm. But Barney is hurt for so long because of it, you know? I know my voice is going hoarse, but, um, and like, and we know future Ted is talking to his kids, right? Who have like the best dad. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, it's just really sweet. It's just really, really sweet. Um, yeah. Do you want to do the little, the little bit at the end that brings us back up after that? With Barney singing (laughs) at the end. You hated it? With this fucking auto tune, to the say, to the say, painful, 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 painful to watch. Oh, painful! Just like, oh, I know. But I mean, they can't let the show be too, too schmaltzy, you know. And Neil Patrick Harris just, yeah, I, I forgot in the very beginning of the episode. I wanted to bring up when um, Barney was talking about. Whatever and and the and everyone try about like the girl or like when they were trying to t- when he's talking about like selling the childhood home and they try to change the stuff. She's like, anyone watch Deadliest Catch? Remember how big that show was back yeah, then? Yeah, that was that's definitely like a a time capsule in this episode. Is that I, little I forgot? Mention. I wrote that at the end of my notes. That's why I just mentioned so it here. So she's true. like, oh fuck, I forgot about that. Fucking Deadliest Catch. And Lily's like, spoilers, spoilers. So good. Mm-hmm. All right. That was great. Um, like I said, this isn't an episode that I watch a lot, so it was kind of nice to see it. Let's yeah. get into all y'all's legendary moments. Let's see if my voice will last. You want to start, Caitlin? Sure. Our first right, one cool. is from Helena, and Helena writes, <clears throat> Hey, ladies. So bum, I missed my chance to send a legmo for episode one. There's a lot going on in season six that I like, and a lot I don't. It's a very mixed bag for me, and I'm bummed I missed the chance to start this season off. My sister calls this season the dad season, and I think about that every time I come around to watch a season when I rewatch, and we start to see why in this episode. Barney Mm. has some of the best character development in the show, and we get a lot this season, starting with this episode. I like this episode a lot. Anytime Wayne Brady guest stars, it's a good time. But I think my legendary moment is the end credit scene when they're singing, Stand By Me. (laughs) Neil steals the scene, as always, but I love looking at Colby in the background, trying so hard not to absolutely lose it. Thanks, ladies, and I hope you to catch you next time, Helena. Oh, was she in the was she in the auto tune piece too? I don't know if she's in that very very last one. I'll have to go back and watch. But thank you, Helena. Okay, yeah, thank you. Next up is Chris, and Chris says, "Hi, ladies. I actually forgot how much I like this episode. So many great moments from Santa needs protein to the great advice of putting coleslaw on your sloppy joes, which I he says he usually hates coleslaw. So true. Um, mm. It's like it's like." coleslaw on barbecue it's the best oh yes yeah north carolina all the way um everyone has at least one hilarious line here but the legendary moment has to be the outrageousness of barney's mom's lies two reasons one they are hilariously bad lies two i think barney's belief in these lies gives us an idea of why he believes that his crazy schemes and lies will work which is probably the reason why they do end up working so often yeah just that just that power of belief you're so right Thanks, Chris. 
Next is Kalpesh. <clears throat> Kalpesh says, hey, girls, this is a big season, especially for Barney, starting with this very episode, which truly belongs to the Stinsons. While I like the back and forth between Ted and Robin, for me, the legendary moment is the conversation between Barney and his mother, where he tells her that he mm. already has a father, and his name is Loretta. So sweet. Honorable mention, Barney singing. Waiting for the next one as we get closer to Subway Wars. Love, oh. Kalpesh. Yeah, we're doing a live we're watch for Subway Wars. We're doing a live watch Wars. for that too, right? Yes, we are. I love that episode. All right. So next up is next up is Rebecca. Rebecca says, my legendary moment is probably the brotherly relationship between Barney and James. Also, Barney getting James's son a suit is pretty cute too. Good one, Rebecca. Thank you. Uh, we um, Abner is in oh, here too. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were reading so, that hi there. This one's from Abner. Hi there. My legmo for this episode is Neil Patrick Harris. By far the best thing this amazing episode has to offer. He's funny, dramatic, touching, and moving all in the same episode. His range hmm. is simply insane. Hope you're doing well. Have a great week, Abner. Thanks, Abner. Oh, yeah, range is a great, a great way to say it. Uh, mm-hmm. I just realized what my legendary moment is, and we didn't talk about it, so I'm excited. Um, Okay. Next up is David R., and David says, hey, K&K. From a comedy standpoint, this is not my favorite episode, but getting more into Barney's background with his father and mother, I always enjoy. Yeah. This was Mm -hmm. not like a a big, funny episode. And I think this was a huge character development for him. The ending, when he is talking to Loretta, I get choked up every time. Same. Clearly, I fucking cried on this show again. Jesus. Uh, For my ledge mode, the opener is a lot of fun. When Barney cracks his knuckles and then it switches to them at Loretta's house and Lily says, how did he do that? I love it. (laughs) Also, not that I'm surprised, but seriously, why wasn't there a second car when they got to Sam's house? Robin and Ted have to ride in the back of a moving truck? Stay great, David R. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Got a point there. These David. are the logistics. We just have to let go because it's way funnier that they're in the back I of our can't, though. I can't. It makes me so hard for <laughs> uh, Next is Tish. Tish says, hey, beautiful ladies. It's so hard to choose a legendary moment for this episode. There were quite a few funny moments. So my legendary moment goes to when Ted is putting the stuff in the box and he, and he's – and Barney says – and he's – and he – and Barney says the package is too big for the box. Mm. That's what your mom said. And it turns out his mom literally said that. <laughs> yeah. Also to Barney ruining the moments. And so Lily guiding Barney away from the moments. Regards, Tish. <laughs> nice. Next up is yeah. Adam. And Adam says, this episode is one of my non-favorites. I love that we get the whole cast, including James. But other than finding out that Barney's life has been a lie, for me, the episode is meh. I do love how they explore more in depth with Barney and James's characters. My legendary moment is definitely the piano scene when James and his father are singing and Barney keeps interrupting. Till next time, my friends, your friend, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Next is Ben and Ben writes, my legendary moment for this episode are both from Barney. First, firstly, the way he says, thank, thank, Thank you. I can't do the high-pitched voice when snatching back the letter. Um, gets me every time. And he does – and so does his running at the end of the episode. Dad, you're not watching. It's just so funny. <laughs> Good one. Reminded me of um, like Stuart from Mad TV. Like, look what I can do. Dad, oh my you're not God. watching. Stuart. 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 Okay. Next up is Lisa. And Lisa says – Hey, ladies. I love the family dynamic season six presents. Amen. Uh, That being said, my legendary moment is the last scene with Loretta and Barney. It was really sweet to see how much she cared Mm. for him. Have a great week. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. And last is Tim. This is such a packed episode that cleverly weaves the plot about Barney's family with a lot of great comedy moments. Like, whoa, Ted, that that thing you're packing is way too big to fit in that box. Yeah, that's what your mom said. (laughs) And the Postmaster General's letter is hilarious. Also, Janie Masterson's mother is a whore, and with Jin on her breath at 10 in the morning, she's got some nerve kicking us out of the carpool. Love, Postmaster General. Thanks for the podcast, and especially the How I Met Your Father content that I can now enjoy in Britain. Yay! Um, I like Postmaster General has definitely like Santa vibes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. They have the same handwriting, so. Yeah. All right, Caitlin, what is your legendary moment from Cleaning House? Um, so part of me wants to say, like, you know, the growth with 
with Barney and then also like just like being a single mom for like a bit and just like mm. remembering how hard it was and like, you know, Loretta. But I have to give it to Robin. I just love her so much this episode. I love her hair. Yeah. I love I love her chewing the gum too as she's like texting, you know? Yeah, she's just like yeah. clean, like blah, blah, blah. I yeah. don't know. Just I loved her every every little bit I got of her, I enjoyed immensely in this episode. Yeah. For me, it was this little tiny scene that we didn't talk about, but that I texted you about earlier where – Oh, yeah. Barney – Yes. <laughs> but after Barney realizes, quote unquote, that Sam is his father and that he's black and he runs to the car to get a camera to take pictures <laughs> – and Lily's like, don't worry. We'll reel, him, we'll reel him in when he gets back and we'll like, you know – Break the bubble on this. And Marshall's like, it's a really big day for him. Can we just let the guy be black for a day? <laughs> That's such a good, it's such a good line. Like, can we just can we just give him this one just for a day? Just for a day. Oh, but I also so love like definitely. Marshall looking out for his friends, you know, like yeah. Ted when he in homewreckers, like yep. being the one to like support them. Such a good When everyone such else is like turning against them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time for Unfinished in two weeks. Hopefully, my voice will be back on track like by it. then. Uh, in the meantime, send your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. If you love this recap, you know what to do. Go leave us an Apple Podcast review. That rhymed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss a recap. And we hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. And cut.